military veteran, entrepreneur, college professor, father of four, and your podcasting host, Dr. Aaron Bryant. Hello, hello, hello. This is, you know who this is. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in this world. And welcome to this edition of DrBryantSpeaks.com. I am your host, the DOC, AB, Dr. B, or just call me Aaron. Our show, of course, is for all those military veterans and families out there in the world. But of course, anyone that is willing to listen, we're here for you as well. My name is Dr. Bryant, also a veteran, master life coach, entrepreneur, your college professor, and simply your host today. Now, I have a pretty good show that has already lined up. And I say pretty good because I have no idea what this person is going to say, but he is my buddy, he's my friend, and he is going to be quite entertaining as well as educational. I would like to introduce my buddy, Michael Grabo, who is going to be joining us right now. Hey, Michael, won't you say hello to the audience? Hello, hello, hello. My name is Michael Grabo. I'm a training guy. I've been a training guy for a long, long time, but life is amazing. It's so good. Thank you so much, Aaron, for, for asking me to come on to your amazing show. That's right. So today we're going to be talking about something that I've already introduced as part of my lineup. It's going to be about small business. And I tried to think about who do I want to be here to help share this information. And I thought about Michael. He has a wealth of information. He has a wealth of knowledge. He goes way back into this field. So I thought I'd bring him on the show and we're going to have a nice conversation to help you out there understand a little bit more about small business, getting it up and going. And we're going to tap into the different areas of better veterans and procurements and what we can do to assist you. So Michael, before we get into this and all the structured questions and everything, give everybody a snapshot of who you are and a little bit about your background. Wonderful, wonderful. My name is Michael Grabo. I'm a training guy, as, a, as I alluded to earlier, AKA training professional. Um, I actually didn't even know that there was a career field called training when I got out of high school. I, I, I got out of high school in a little town called Yucca Valley, California, and uh, I was riding with the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. I wanted to get into law enforcement, and they said, well, you're too young to be able to, to be able to get hired, so why don't you go join the military, waste some time? I'm like, what? Waste some time? They said, yeah, go in there, learn about law enforcement, learn about security, learn about how to be able to carry yourself and uh, I'm like, okay, cool. So I took that advice and uh, jumped into the United States Air Force and back in 1979 and uh, <laughs> <laughs> right out of high school. And uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've had plans and uh, you thought, yeah, this is gonna be the life plan. The course is all set out. And then about two and a half years into that, walking through that process, I started having a blind spot in my left eye. And they said, ooh, probably not a good idea for you to carry a gun. And I said, well, great, what can I do? And the personnelist said, how would you like to work for a commander and tell everybody else what to do? I'm like, I'm 20 years old at the time. We have a career field like that? He says, yeah, it's called the training career field. I'm like, sign me up. And so they, they signed me up. I got to move on over into an aircraft maintenance squadron. 
They sent me off to school for six weeks to come back as a certified training professional. Wow, woo! That was back in 1981, 1982. When I got back from school, we had a brand new aircraft on our flight line called the KC-10. It was the first aircraft that gave us the whole U.S. military complete world capability because it was the first aircraft that could receive gas and pass gas midair. I know some guys <laughs> like to be able to do that, but uh, so, so I actually got the opportunity to design the workplace training programs for that KC-10. And um, last year, they're starting to retire the KC-10. So it tells you what I thought was going to be a one and done in my military career turned into 20 years. Uh, I loved the space of being a training professional. I actually ran base training programs. I actually, they asked me because of what I did with the KC-10, they asked me to be a training advisor. So I traveled the world. I got to go to Australia, out to the Outback to train the Royal Australian Air Force. I spent four years in Japan and I ran the training programs at McClellan Air Force Base as well. So from that point, they asked me to be a first sergeant. So my last four years of my military career was being a first sergeant. However, that opened me up to finish out a really nice 20 year commitment because as a first sergeant, you're still working for a commander, but now I'm actually responsible for the morale, the welfare, the discipline of a squadron. So we became the best cops in the Air Force in 1996. And then they moved me over to the comm squadron. We became the best comm squadron in the command in 1999. So it was really a cool, last four year finish on my 20 years. From there, I, I moved out to an organization after I retired called Pride Industries, one of the largest employers of people with disabilities in America. I got to be the first training manager for that organization of 5,000 employees. 70% of the employee base are people with documented disabilities. What's amazing about that organization, and it is also a key component of leadership, is we have got to stop focusing on the weaknesses and start focusing simply on the talent of what the individual has. There's 7.5 billion of us on this rock floating through space. The only thing that we all have in common with each other is that we're all UniQ, we're all unique. And it's Michael Ziglow, right? Is that the CEO or at least he's the former CEO? I think something he might uh, not be the CEO anymore, but I remember that name. Yeah, Mike Ziglow passed away Ziegler. this year, by yeah. the way. Yeah. pathway of cancer this year. He was one of my major mentors of the transition from my military into civilian life because Mike uh, was a self-made millionaire uh, by 38 years old um, at, in the San Francisco area. Uh, he actually did it through car washes. Check that out, mm -hmm. you know, where, where he had a couple mentors that said, hey, I'm tired of this suffering car wash. So Mike bought him and he turned him into gold. Yeah. That at 38 years old, he walked into a Pride Industries. At that time, it was called Placer Rehabilitation Industries. Uh, he walked into one of the shops there, and one of the employees grabbed his hand and looked him in the eye and just said, Mike, you're not going to let them shut us down. And that, he said that was the moment that the strings got wrapped around his heart, and he fell in love with Pride Industries. So. I got to be able to do some time at Pride, loved it. It was almost about six years. And then I went on over to one of our local banks 
as the uh, director and uh, vice president of learning and development. And from that, I found out it was great. It was double the money. It was less work. That's what I kind of jumped for. All I know is you, be careful what you wish for, because once <laughs> I got into that, it was like I was I was bored. I was bored to death. And and the CEO at the time, she was like, you know, my only concern about bringing you on is this is banking. And I didn't know exactly what she meant until I got into it. Banking is great. I wanted to understand the workings of the money, see how the money gets done and, and dealt with. I learned some really good things with it. I only spent two years over there, but that's where I launched off into my coaching career. And from launching into my coaching career and also um, doing training, uh, for multiple different organizations, Sac State, UC Davis, CPS HR. And uh, fortunately, it led me to be able to meet with you, which I love our relationship and I appreciate what's going on between the two of us, man. Absolutely, Michael, thank you so much. Now, I wanted to focus on the, there was an opportunity that you had where you were a president of some sort of a small business organization that had a specific role and responsibility to help others. Tell us about that title, your role in that particular program. Great question, great question. Yeah, um, and it was one of those opportunities. Uh, I, I uh, also learned when I was getting out of the banking space, well actually right after my military career, I ended up going right into the Department of General Services uh, office to find out about becoming a disabled veteran business enterprise. I've got, if you added all my my straight numbers for all my service-connected disabilities, it would be 60%. But as you know, the way the VA math is, it's 40%. Uh, so that way they, they can kind of keep me below that 50 percentile requirement. But anyway, um, with that, if you have 10% service connected, in fact, no, you don't even have to have a 10% service connected disability. You can have a zero percentage service connected disability and then apply, you can still apply for being able to be a DVBE, Disabled Veteran Business Enterprise. What's cool about that is better than three percent, well actually the goal is always 3% of the state of California's complete procurement process, everything that they're procuring, they need to have, or they're supposed to have, I'm just gonna say it that way, 3% or better for being a disabled veteran business enterprise. Now what's kind of cool is don't just get certified as a DBBE, also get certified as a small business because 25% of the state procurement is supposed to be small business certified. So those opens you up right away for some really great opportunities. So I got started with doing that right after I got out of the military. But once I finished up with my experience at the bank, I really started leveraging it. I got connected to mentors. Here's the secret, folks. Please, this, this game of life and this game of business is not meant to be done alone. We're not supposed to be lone wolves. I know there's a lot of us out there that want to be just lone wolves. This is my space, I'll just do it. But the bottom line is, is it's it's got to be the partnerships. My mentor, Gary Herbold, who was the number one DVBE in the state of California, and oh, by the way, he's got all kinds of stuff. If you saw an AT&T vehicle, 
if you saw a Verizon vehicle, if you saw a PG&E vehicle, his organization was servicing those vehicles. So he was doing that across the nation. He had over 57 different uh, maintenance facilities across the nation. And he started out, he, he was a, he's a Navy Corpsman, uh, Purple Heart recipient due to uh, being in the minefield in Vietnam, uh, took, took some shrapnel uh, on the left side of his body. And I gotta tell you, amazing businessman, amazing person, amazing hero. And I'm thankful that I got to sit at his feet. He was the president of the DVBE Alliance Network in the Sacramento area. And then he became the president of the DVBE Alliance for the whole state of California. And then I think him and also Ken Shoemake started working for the idea of a national veterans business group. And they're still kind of working on being able to build those pieces. After Gary, he asked me if I would step in as president for the, the local network. And so I actually had the privilege and the pleasure of being the um, DBBE Alliance Network in Sacramento president for four years. It was great. Connected with a lot of advocates. We actually hosted a holiday celebration every year where we would recognize all of the Sarah Award recipients. And the Sarah Awards are the advocates that actually hit goals or better, hit that 3% or better. So we wanted to become known because here's another secret tip about business. Not only do you not want to do it alone, you want to partner up, you want to find mentors, you want to see people who can actually help you get to the next level, but also you want to be able to figure out and have relationships with those advocates because only by having the relationships with the advocates does it really help for being able to move those processes forward. So, so we, we were setting that up by having advocates and DBBEs all together at least once a year. They had, at that time, they used to do um, conferences throughout the state of California that were opportunities for everybody. But our, our little Christmas or holiday celebration was also everybody let it all down and we actually got to connect. Knew a lot of great people like Angel who passed away this year as well. You know, Angel was over in CDCR, just an amazing supporter of veteran owned businesses. You know, and it's so sad to have him move on. And he had retired a few years ago, but but like I said, he was he was an amazing guy and it was great to have him along with I also got the opportunity to work with Karina Conley over in the Veteran Business Outreach Center. And during those years, I think I, I worked with her about three years of just coaching people coming out of the service and desiring to get into some type of small business. Because, you know, come on, we both know our brothers and sisters. There's some of our brothers and sisters that regular employment is not really set up for for them and not set up for me. I'm going to tell you, after I've gotten a taste of entrepreneurship, I have no desire to get a J-O-B again. Now, <laughs> during this time frame with the business, you know, with, like you said, I'm down about 80% on my training side. But um, when you look at that and you go, you know, do I, do I want to trade an hour for that amount of money or do I want to leverage my passion 
and fulfill a need within my community that's roundabout. I think there's a big distinction there. You can go to work every day and, and, and be disengaged. But I gotta tell you, if you start to run a business, disengagement will kill your business. So it's always a lean forward, move forward, find the next thing, what's the project, what you doing? I know it drives my family a little bit buggy from time to time because I'm always looking for the next, what, what conversation can I create that will move training, coaching, business forward in a much more solid space. And today, you know what? One of my mentors, Ken, Ken um, uh, excuse me, that's Ken Blanchard is one of my mentors, but this one is Jack Canfield and, and that I'm thinking about. And he talked about the other day that it's not a new normal. See, to me, normal is just a setting on the dryer. You know, there, there's no such thing as normal. Hasn't been for years. Uh, you know, we all thought that there was a normal. That person's normal, that person's normal. I'm normally in the abnormal space, so that's okay. But uh, the whole idea is normal has nothing to do with what's going on in our environment and on our horizon. What's happening right now, as what Jack Canfield says, it's the new better. See, we have to start with our mindset as well. Most of us hold ourselves back by what's between our ears much more than the people out there. Find what you wanna be able to do and just go do it. My coach, a young man, I, I actually have hired a coach now for the last two years. I've had coaches multiple times, but this guy is off the chart. His name's Jake Ballantyne. He's, he's 34 years old, and it's amazing what kind of perspective he's able to provide to me. You know, he's always talking about some positive pieces, being able to move things forward, and it is about new, better. It's about our mindset. It's about creating what is it that we want to be able to put into place. And so those are, that's the ramblings of Mike Grabo for a moment. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also, visit his social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, all titled drbryantspeaks.com.